You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. It's uh, great to be uh, on yet another episode, Joey. Uh, I think you're mistaken. My name's Pogues. Go ahead and finish your intro, Joey. I'd love to hear it. No, I. my name's Pogues. Pogues Pogerson. Me and my friend think your name's Joey. My friend being this 9mm I got under the table. Nope, still just Pogues. <laughs> Until I kill you in my front yard. <laughs> uh, that's the end of the episode. We've just summarized the history of violence. Thanks mm-hmm. for listening in. Uh, next week we'll be doing a different movie from the DC Universe. I wonder if we could start succinctly <laughs> describing the plot of a film and just like back and forth dialogue for a minute. Yeah, that's how we should start every, every episode. Um, if you're just tuning in without having checked the title episode of this podcast, A, what is your life like? Uh, and B, <laughs> you're t- listening to an episode of Not Another Origin Story covering the 2005's Viggo Mortensen? Mortensen? Viggo Mortensen Vessel, A History of Violence. That's true. Uh, you did real quick. I just wanted to bring this up. Uh, a friend, Do it. A mutual friend of ours, Bob. I uh, was shocked today to learn he was behind on a mini episode when I said I was recording the podcast tonight. And I said, oh, I didn't know people actually listen to the mini episodes. And he said, sometimes the mini episodes are canon. And I'm not 100% sure what that oh, means, no. but I loved it. Oh, and no. I feel like that's how I'm going to start tagging every uh, yeah. mini-sode. This could be canon. The mini-sodes are like when they tried to like bring marvel to tv and they couldn't commit to adding it to the actual canonical mcu you know mm-hmm. <laughs> they just they just refused to do it they kept putting out agents of shield and fucking you know uh, uh daredevil and they just kept being like no nah, no nah. <laughs> the mini episodes I mean, are very much uh daredevil season one yeah well i, I, I know, know maybe daredevil season three maybe, in so I much as it, not a lot of people saw I think they're a little Iron Fist, you know? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. I'm ending this podcast immediately. I mean, unentertaining and also racially racially uh, insensitive. <laughs> That's what I mean about the minisodes. <laughs> I don't understand what you mean. I, I right. think that all masters of martial arts happen to be white surfer dudes who can't act. Well, my intro, uh, our intro sketch, my announcement... And my flawless Philly accent have obviously clued listeners in that we're talking about uh, a film in which we see Viggo Mortensen's ass. Uh, and no, mm-hmm. it isn't. <laughs> it isn't. Uh, what is the one you Eastern about? Promises? Eastern where you Promises. Can see, you see taint and balls. Amazon Prime also totally recommended I watch it right after this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what do you think my night's going to be like? Like, I'm just going to watch this. I don't, and then yeah, <laughs> it was also promises. like, we also noticed you need to order hand lotion. <laughs> We're also worried about you. Uh, uh, hey, it's me, Jeff. I just want to check in and see how you're doing. I've decided to get real day-to-day on my customers. I've got <laughs> nothing just, else to do. It's me, Jeffy B. It looks like you just watched A History of Violence and then are queuing up Eastern Promises. You good? <laughs> I mean, you want a good? <laughs> you want a dick pic? <laughs> it's from space. Um, anyway. The uh, weightlessness <laughs> makes it look smaller. Anyways... <laughs> Now that's a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> yes. What I want to get back to 
history of violence <laughs> yes the film we watch the film that again many people probably wonder to themselves that's based on a comic yeah it is uh the comic not a fantastically popular one it certainly was like some breakthrough comic everyone uh everyone read i believe it was like nominated for some list at some point uh when it came out but um so so certainly not like an obscure uh comic or anything it came out in the late 90s um but a pretty weird thing to to base a movie around and uh don't worry folks i did my research i read most of it okay is it true that it's really not what this is about uh no actually it's it's relatively close Uh, act one and act one and act two especially act one are extremely similar if not blueprint but the remainder of the book is pretty dramatic. I might as well talk, talk about it now. Um, since we can't talk about if you're in love with the source material, like we normally do at the beginning of an episode, uh, because this this <laughs> this graphic novel is relatively obscure, um, it, is that this, it, it, in the first, the first act is pretty similar. You know, uh, a guy named Tom, they change the last names in everything, but all the first names are mostly the same, which is weird. Odd choice. Uh, a guy named Tom, you know, runs a diner. And uh, there is an attempted robbery by some ruffians, which he dispatches violently. Um, and then that brings fame. Mobsters come claiming he's someone named Joey. Uh, although in the comic book, he is missing a finger, uh, which which I believe he passes off as like a childhood accident, but is actually from his history of violence. Mm. Um, and the, 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 the Ed Harris character, who also has a missing eye, uh, and like the crazy scars around it, whatever, uh, has his finger like in like a small like like on like a necklace basically, and like a preserved in a, on a necklace. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, <laughs> but again, like haunts him and his children around town. Insists that it, it's the guy, and then ultimately confronts him on his lawn and is shot dead by his wife in this one, not his son. Oh, um, interesting. But then that's where it goes because we spend a huge chunk of the a chapter of the book uh, actually going back in time to sort of like witness the uh, brazen takeover of like a, of the crime the crime syndicate that led him to ultimately like flee and change his name and identity. So a, a ton of it is spent with like a young Tom and his young brother Richie like committing on this like elaborate assassination out of revenge for something that happened in the past and like a takeover and ultimately leading to his escape and then the very end of the book to summarize is <laughs> is tom and edie his wife who is like weirdly on board with all this mm-hmm. Go- going to new york his place takes place in new york not uh philadelphia going to new york to sort of like set up a trap for the mob boss and like lure him in and kill like lots of people it's like a whole bloodbath at the end, uh, which is pretty different from the finale, uh, which leaves him kind of a pariah from his own family and yada, yada, yada. But we'll, we'll go ahead and get to that. So, yeah, that is the brief of the comic. So extremely similar at first and then very different at the end, uh, and which is weird because this movie is like pretty short and had room, I think, for more. Uh, I would say in watching this, I saw this movie in theaters when it came out, and I remember thinking it was like a well done movie. In watching it the second time, the movie desperately needs to be edited. And there is so much wasted time where, like, nothing happens 
I was shocked at just like sort of the boringness of huge chunks of the movie where I was just like, I don't care. I mean, like I get it. He runs a diner. We could probably speed this up, you know? And then like them talking. I don't know. There was just a lot of like dead space. Like the, there's like a minute long scene of him walking at one point, which I was like, I, this uh... is a lot of time to spend just showing a person walking. And it's, it doesn't do anything even like ambiance wise. Like it's just sort of like, here's a guy walking to work. I know what you're talking about, uh, but real quick before I move on, I, I forgot to mention it too. Uh, it's interesting. Is uh, the writer of the original comic, John Wagner, is also um, the co-creator of Judge Dredd. So oh, interesting. He really has not just a... not just a one-off guy. Uh, <laughs> a millier just loves violence. Yeah. Now to what you said, um, uh, and we're wrong about. Uh, I, <laughs> I I get what you're saying. I, I certainly feel felt like this movie had a very different feel having totally total awareness of the twist you know yes Uh, yeah yeah which i also remember when i not the movie's fault but yeah the advertising that that i recall for the movie the trailer sets it up that he's the mob guy i'm pretty sure i don't i don't remember it being a twist that would be when i saw the when i saw it in the theater that would be hugely unfortunate if it was because yeah knowing that knowing that 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 he is secretly a mobster and that everything he's doing is just an act does really take a lot of the air out of it because watching like the family be like almost like it becomes almost a horror movie at the beginning if you believe tom that he's not who they claim to think he is um uh uh, watching them like haunt him like the cars pull up and then drive away and he Mm -hmm. freaks out and uh, the, the the scene at the mall and frankly room for more scenes actually I think yeah and of I th- the mobsters haunting them and taunting them I feel everyone. like too in in watching it if you didn't know the twist I think you would figure it out because I don't think uh, Viggo Mortensen does a particularly good job as Tom pretending to not know what's going on he seems to be a guy acting like he doesn't know what's going on you know what I mean like, it never felt genuine enough like in in the rewatch I was like well clearly this guy knows what's going on. Like, even when he's, like, trying to, like, when the guys first show up at the diner, it's, like, really, it, it came off as very clear. He's just trying to be like, oh, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, he doesn't even really deny it well, which I thought was kind of a weird, I, I assume that was, like, by choice, but it I don't really, know. I, it, I think it's really noticeable. Even if I didn't I, know the plot, I think I would have been like, oh, yeah, definitely. I don't know Because I, I also forgot that was the plot, that he was uh, living another life. I forgot that was the plot in time. The very beginning, I thought I, I like I liked a lot about it, and I liked the time it took with just sort of the the milieu of everyday life. I actually found that interesting as a good setup for what the movie would, would come around to be. It's a very like uh, uh, it's a very like passive white noise to like the crescendo of the action that comes in the, later. I, yeah, but my problem is it's all worthless. I don't care if it had been like here's his life. It was just like weird anecdotes that served no sure. purpose, and they were way That's too fair. long. Because there's there's little things I liked, like uh, even just super duper small stuff. I don't know why they stuck out to me, but when Tom comes into the diner for the first time, you know the staff's there, they're chatting him up, uh, chatting about their like like the the the, the craziest girl they ever dated or whatever. And uh, he comes in, and he takes what appears to be just the saucer part of like a, a a teacup and a saucer off the coffee cup, 
you know, it's there to keep it warm. Exactly what you would do in like a, like a very like, you know, <laughs> family run diner is just sort of like, you know, do whatever you can to keep the coffee warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seemed like very, like a very, very real picture of a guy coming into a quiet life running a diner. I mean, I would I would accept criticism that his his attempt to 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 diffuse the uh, suggestions of who he is, but um, I, I bought it. I bought it for a bit. I think I, when I first watched, it, especially I recall buying it, uh, not not knowing what was coming and and thinking that it was. It feels uh, like a lot of those scenes are like ad lib of him, like because there's also like long pauses before people talk, which I found really weird. Like somebody will ask a question. And there's just like three to four seconds worth of dead silence. And then somebody's like, well, it's like, that's not how, like when people talk, they usually reply pretty quickly unless they're not paying attention. So it, I don't know, the dialogue just fell off to me. And I watched part of the movie at a faster speed and I still thought the dialogue was slow. So I could only assume <laughs> it was really slow. Cause I was like, well, I, I started thinking, I was like, well, I'm watching it faster than it is. So these pauses must be way longer than they are. Cause I, I found the beginning what... of the movie unbearable. It was I tell so you what long. did feel profoundly confusing was watching the two ruffians, uh, the two, yeah, the, the two, the first five minutes of the movie made me think, oh no, I'm fucked because that scene is so long. That is so boring, casual. so poorly done. Like, I, it, there's a scene they they show a guy drive four doors down. Why was yeah. that in the movie? Pretty I mean, strange. Just, and then they instantly are killed off. Why did I have to spend so much time with characters? That was the weird thing. That for was me what too. really bothered me. I thought me. that I thought initially, knowing what happened in the movie, that they were going to be mobsters, and I thought their yeah. death would tie would tie everything into well, some my recollection scheme. was that, but they're they not were bounty they're... hunters, and they were looking for him. That was my because well, at the beginning I was like, oh, this yeah. must be they must be looking for him, and then they see the news story about him beating up those guys. And then when they showed up and died, I was just like, why did you make me watch that really boring opening scene? Because, like, I, I guess you had the setup they were bad guys, but, I mean, they show up to murder a woman. I pieced it together. You know what I mean? I didn't need extra evidence that they were evil. You could have just had the movie start with them walking out of the I also office and then bringing the camera in and seeing the dead bodies, and that would have been enough. I also, yeah, it, you know what? It felt like, it felt like there was an opportunity there I, I understood the setup, which was essentially like, let's have these guys look as if they're just run-of-the-mill criminals, like meandering out of a hotel, a motel, and then, you know, reveal that they're actually, like, quite casually murdering people. Uh, that would have been fine. But yeah, like you said, like, as they drive away, like, the camera, you know, pans in a direction, like, catch, you know, these, like, blood seeping out of, like, the, the office or whatever. That was what I expected, but yeah, we get such a drawn out sequence. And what I also wonder is like, for what? Like, they don't appear to be psychopathic. Like, they don't that, appear to be. That like, was my problem too with Manson them. family. You know, like when they introduce them and he kills them, and he's like, and it's like it's supposed to be a big reveal that they killed the people inside. But he's like, sorry, I had trouble with the maid, which is an expression you would only say if you were talking about killing someone. You know, yeah, I mean, if, you would if, never if, be if, like, I went to pay my bill and the maid was. Ma-. You know, what I mean, like. And then it just felt like they were like, oh, we'll have them kill a kid so you know they're evil. And I thought, yeah, but this doesn't serve any purpose. This is just a really boring... And I mean, it was one of the most... that I watched like a minute of that and I said, fuck it. And I watched like the first 30 minutes at like one and a quarter speed because I was like, I'm not... If this is the way the whole movie is going to be, I I can't sit through this. This is the most mind-numbing opening I've ever seen of a film. I would have rather seen a title sequence. It was so boring. 
It was particularly strange, yeah. Uh, mostly because, again, that character doesn't actually come back around to be anything of, of, of importance. And it felt like, uh, you know what it reminded me of is um, when, we, when we did Watchmen, I complained that they take the character of the, um, the serial killer that Rorschach is investigating around that like uh that i don't know if it's serial killer, serial killer actually around that that, that daughter that went that the girl that went missing yeah the little kid and, yeah and in the comic you know there's despite the weird things he finds there's never any definitive evidence uh and so it leaves the reader to wonder <laughs> about the validity of his of his brutal murder and in the, and in the, like the movie he like looks into the camera and says yeah i killed that girl go ahead and arrest me like i just like yeah the the, 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 the attention I... to like hit the, the audience over the head with this guy bad is exhausting. And yeah, that was kind of what the intro felt like to this. I will like, just are, raise are the objection. Are you sure you they're bad yet? Yeah. I will make the objection that I made during our Watchmen episode. It's really clear the guy's the, the killer of that girl in the comic too. He finds her burned up underwear and a, the dogs are chewing on a human leg bone. <laughs> so I think it's, they make it pretty clear in the comic too. I, I guess, but, but, but to be clear, he finds burned up clothes and they're chewing on a bone. Well, like, but they're children's clothes. They're children's. It's a little girl's underwear. Sure, I'm so not I mean, saying I'm not saying Rorschach didn't have a solid lead. I'm just saying the, yeah. the, the villain doesn't turn to to the panel of the comic and say, "I've killed a girl. What are you going to do about it?" You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely about, not. He he keeps protesting that he's innocent. In I the like. Comic. I said at least in the comic, it puts it in your head to make the determination of guilt or innocence. Uh, uh, even if, even if you, I agree, even if I agree with your, your, your perspective that the, that the, the, the presence of evidence is overwhelming, uh, it still puts it in the watcher's or reader's head to decipher it. And so when you put it into the mouth of the guy saying, I'm guilty. Yeah. It takes so, away any nuance. Yeah. It takes away the nuance and it leaves the, you just going, all right, well, a bad man's been killed. I know he's bad because he said so. And it's kind of like that with these guys, like. It, yeah, I got it. I got what's it. What's even like, worse they... with these guys is, uh, Warshak kills him because he committed a previous bad crime. To use the Watchmen example, in this movie, these men show up to murder everyone in this this cafe. They're getting ready just to kill a, a woman because the owner said, "You guys are welcome to all the cash." There's not much there. And the guy's like, oh, we're welcome to it. Now kill her. And it was like, wait, what? They're, they're bad criminals. Yeah. And it's also annoying here. Is, it, yeah, because if you shot somebody in a diner, which is mostly windows in the front, you would be like, everyone would know. And the thing that was weird was I was just like, oh, you didn't need the earlier scene. You made them instantly monsters the second they walked into the diner. So I didn't need to know they had killed anybody else. If they had, If that was their first introduction, I wouldn't have been like, I wonder if this was a, you know, maybe those guys weren't bad. You know what I mean? Like, it felt so unnecessary to set up that they were evil because your introduction to them in the scene where they die is also evil. So the first five minutes were worthless. You just are retelling me the same thing. They're bad if guys. You, if you're a criminal that is attempting to not be caught, uh, I would recommend not killing people for rant, for, for regular transactions. Yes yeah the the main way to make sure you get caught is to elevate your crime from robbery to murder because they to tend to take murder murders. a little more because, seriously because two, two two criminal guys let me present a scenario to you you stay at this motel you're being pursued by the police for some offense of some kind you we stay at the hotel that's the other thing you, is that bothers yeah, me is they never explain who they are why they're on the run and why they keep killing people you stay at a motel as you're leaving, you have a concern that the motel owner might describe you or something. Uh, 
here, here's a, here's how that would play out. The police show up. They ask if someone stay here. The motel guy says, "Sure, plenty." Are any of them look skeevy? Yes, all of them. <laughs> yeah, it is unlikely. And even if he was to be like, "Yeah, I got to stay here two to three days ago," it's not he was a, in a great blue leak. car, I guess. <laughs> you not know a great. And then they were like, "Let's drive to what is constantly referenced as." A small town where everybody looks out at each other, looks after each other. I'm sure we can kill seven people in a restaurant with a, a an exposed glass front, which is only like it's like nine thirty. It's not even that late. So the problem with the small it's town, like, is- it's like insane. It's like somebody would hear those gunshots; these guys would be instantly caught because they're also probably the only non-residents in the town right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody definitely saw them drive through. And if it is indeed a small town, then I, I have I have a good feeling that the sheriff's office is like four doors down. Is next to the cafe so he can go get the coffee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. these criminals are bizarre and I think overly dramatized. You know what this kind of made me want um, a little bit watching it? Again, um, I don't know if I set it up at the top. I like this movie, ultimately. Uh, uh, I enjoyed it. But what I did want to say is I felt like this movie would have done really well in the hands of like the Coen brothers because I got I got sort of a Diet Fargo vibe from this. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. these sort of like these sort of like um, uh, strange drifting like you know criminals coming into the, to a small simple town that 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 carries dark secrets. It's a real Fargo-y kind of vibe to it, um, except it has none of the charm. <laughs> yeah, that's or, that's the other thing. It has thing, none I of the charm of like a Coen Brothers movie. That I uh, think there like there was a few things to me that I thought, oh, this seems like a weird because the movie is very clearly like trying to get across the idea of like violence that exists in people the necessity of violence uh can you be free of violence can you put violent past behind you know like it's really like a a question of humans and our nature towards violence uh you know the human as a being's history of violence so i thought it was really weird that they showed me all these really boring and stupid scenes like his wife dressing like a cheerleader i guess that was supposed to be so we knew they were happily married but that didn't really make any sense. And I didn't really need like the weird 69 scene that seemed that sex scene goes on for way too long. I, yeah, we, we, we can't blow past that pokes. We cannot. Well, I just want to say real quick is like (laughs) the thing that I thought was weird was, so his son gets into a fight and I was like, wouldn't this have been like a better story to put like really early on in this like slice of life and have this start being a real concern for Tom. Is that, that was his name, right? Yeah. And have him start wondering to be like, well, why would you do something like that? Like, why would you just attack somebody? And he was like, you know, he goaded me. And then, you know, I mean, to have him sort of be like, oh, my God, is like, is he going to be like me? Because I almost think that would have been more interesting than like the I'm going to pretend like it's not me, kill everybody, and then I'm going to go kill everybody. You know what I mean? Like, in the long run, I feel like that would have been a more interesting take on yeah, the violence. They- of Because they, I really don't think they truly address the theme of the film like it's just like yeah people are violent i guess that's like the crux yeah, of the film good, i feel like that is an exceptionally good point it's a wasted portrayal with the son a little bit i think because yeah at the beginning we see him you know non-violently de-escalate a scenario at school showcasing his you know his wits yeah uh, you know he, he's obviously doesn't want to get in a fight you know not a coward but he's clearly not interested in fighting doesn't want to get beat up uh, so it utilizes just sort of like you know comedy, and and a calm calmish demeanor to dismantle a fight. And then later, post diner incident, we see him uh, 
just go ahead and jump in and beat the shit out of the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one line suggests that he did he did such a thing because his father, you know, was you know has had become famous for for defending his defending himself yeah physically. which was like also i i thought very like another sloppy part of the movie where like his like his dad's like well you know in our family we don't solve our problems by punching him. he's like yeah we just shoot people it's like those people were murderers they were coming to murder him and everyone in that building like it's not like the guy was like you're real stupid and he pulled a gun out and shot you know what i mean it's like somebody picking on you is not the same as eminent life threat you know what i mean sure but there's something there i mean like because you have the opportunity for the son to see his father in a different light which changes his perspective on uh on life for better or worse and and that leads to some turmoil for tom those are the sort of like um moments that i think should have been extrapolated right? yeah i, I that, feel like that that, that was like because i really thought that was going to come up because i couldn't remember the movie super well and i was like oh yeah. i bet you there's like a whole thing where he remember like you know he's worried is like you know i got away from that lifestyle and came here and i had kids but is my son going to be destined to repeat my mistakes and be a person who's just really violent and is like unable to control it and they never addressed that and i really that to me was like i was like wait what a waste of like a you know something they could have done in that thing so it was sort of a bummer in those early moments but let's let's go back to the so this was a scene that really confused me. The movie starts, Tom has to be taken to work because his truck doesn't work. His wife picks him up. He says, She says, oh, our son's out studying, I guess for the rest of the day <laughs> and all night. And our daughter's being babysat by someone. So we never got to be high schoolers together or teenagers together. So she goes home and she dresses in a cheerleader outfit. They've been married for at least 15 years. This is the first time she decided that she regrets they. You know what I mean? It was just such a weird yeah. moment where I was like, I feel like this direct, like the director just wanted to be like, let's put her in a cheerleader outfit and have fun because it just felt like so bizarre. There, there, there is a real Tarantino vibe. Yeah, it, it, like it made he's... me feel a little creepy because I was like, oh wait, why yeah. would she have picked now? Like they've been together for a very long time. This is like something a person does very early in a relationship like when they're really into each other it, it also led me to some confusion about how long tom's been here because yes. they keep t- because they the, the the there's like a vibe that they were like they were like close as as like young people and then they like separated for like the vibe i got initially was that tom grew up here left for philadelphia you know and then came back yes but, not what it is <laughs> but, but yeah, it does feel like instead they... It said Tom, I guess, showed up like I don't know, twenty years, like twenty years ago. Or yeah, something. yeah, seventeen years ago, eighteen years ago, just long enough to have impregnated his wife. Yeah, and and it seems like they're just sort of like developing the relationship now. Uh, yeah, and that's what made it so jarring to me because I was like, oh, this is an really awkward. And there was like nothing that like set it up. You know, what whereas I mean? whereas if this had maybe come, I don't know, after the diner incident or like if the if the diner incident was a flex point in like the relationship when it like gave her a different perspective on who he is or i feel uh, like if it is which by the way is super weird because when she visits john in the hospital his he has a knife wound in his foot which is serious and he has just killed two men uh in 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 self-defense in self-defense he has just shot two men dead with their own gun and his wife shows up and i'm pretty sure her dialogue is like hey how you feeling and then he complains that he's all over the news and she's like i kind of like it it's like 
I don't know, Edie. Maybe they go to horny jail for a bit. Your, your husband just took two lives. And, and yes, technically the second yes, guy he did not need to kill. That guy was pretty much out of the fight to begin with. He didn't need to shoot him in the head. But but to be clear, he, he took two lives. Whether or not that was defense. Even if you were in the like a military or like a police officer and you're, you, you were involved in a killing that is justified, no, no one ever thinks... Nice work. That's cool. <laughs> like, you no, know what I mean? I think there are people who think nice work. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> for sure. For sure there are. I'm just saying that most, even in, like, if you're, if you're a cop that discharges their weapon, you typically are, like, you know, <laughs> you typically, like, have time like, away. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like there's some understanding that there's a mental, there's a mental uh, component to that. <laughs> His wife comes in and was like, shit's hot. <laughs> weird what was also weird is when he leaves there was like a bunch of town people outside and they're like we're here for you tom it's like jesus christ he just killed two people you guys could be a little less psyched well, that that because that it seems like they're like excited he did it you know what i mean not just that like i don't know i mean you consider it supportive if someone goes through a traumatic incident i think that's a, I, I yeah but it could they, be shot they, poorly yeah they yeah, don't yeah. come out and say like oh thank god you're okay tom they're like yeah you did it tom. like they're all excited he killed them which i thought was a really weird twist for a town to all be like bloodthirsty also their sheriff is terrible <laughs> yeah he's really bad at his job and again the sheriff also speaks to tom at some point as if he's like been there forever but again it sounds like he's been there for about like 20 years maybe yeah yeah 20 years or so and it sounds like Edie's been there her whole life. So I don't, I don't know. It's just yeah. the, the relationships with the people in a small town conf- confuse me a little bit. Uh, it's not a, it's not a super problem, but it, it, it just feels a little underdeveloped as, as does the son's like understanding of violence. Because yeah, you're right. As we enter the second act, we get lots of those moments where the wife feels differently about her husband. The son uh, feels differently about violence, which again, feels like we're moving towards a theme. And the third act is just, like, a short Taken. Uh, no, know? the third act is, like, Benny Hill Taken. Or, like, <laughs> Benny Hill does John Wick. Like, the final fights were so bizarre and, like, slapsticky that I was like, what the fuck is going on? And it's, like, such cartoony violence that, to me, it undercuts any, like, dialogue the movie's trying to have about violence. Because it's just, like... I don't know, you know, can you ever escape your past and violent things? Well, here we go. You know, and it's just like yakety sax playing while he's shooting people. It was like, to me, the ending was just so bizarre and out of place to like the the meandering pace of the rest of the movie. And then he shows up and cannot run through people quick enough to kill them. And then it's just like, yep, I'm done. I'm sure the mob's going to give up looking for me now. (laughs) It just leaves. Yeah, the ending is strange because the violence is uh is pretty like grim and realistic in the beginning you know like in the, yeah. in the diner scene he 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 doesn't he doesn't do anything flashy he you know he like he, he jumps for the gun and the other guy fires and and as would in real life just even though you think that just shooting is easy in a chaotic scenario where your your partner's got coffee all uh, hot coffee over his face and he's the other guy's scrambling for a gun you might just fire like a shithead and then get shot um and then, like, they, they showed a pretty grisly close-up of, of uh, the other guy, like, his... His, his like, his, jaw's gone? Yeah, and, like, drowning in blood. Like, they make it pretty grisly, which I think it felt intentional. Yeah, yeah. It, by Cronenberg to be like, you know, he did this 
brutal thing because he and, had to. And they do it. It's in not the, cool. He, they do it when he kills Ed Harris's character. He like beats the one dude's face in, and like they show him laying on the ground, and like his face is like he has no nose anymore. He's basically like ripped the part of his face open. And the, the other cartilage. guy is shot twice in the chest, and and, and importantly, then, yeah. Does it die? He like crumples to the ground, like di- slowly dying, which I think is probably yes. also more accurate, depending on where you're hitting the torso. You wouldn't just like yeah, go yeah. ah. You usually, don't dead. just die instantly. So it, it, it feels like these early fights have this like almost like sadistic, gritty realness to them, which I think is appropriate mm-hmm. if it takes us somewhere. But you're right. <laughs> the third act becomes him just sort of like wandering back in a Philly to like a single bar where he like talks to a guy we don't know. And then goes to a mansion, has some pretty lame dialogue with his brother, uh, and then enters into a fight scene that I can't pin down because I find it amusing with out of context. Out of context, it's really amusing. Like, So the guy tries to choke him and he fucks it up and you ask yourself, why wouldn't he have just shot him in the back of the head? But... And then and the, William the, Hurt the turns mo- around at the end after he gets the How word. do you fuck that up? Yeah, he's just, <laughs> he's shocked that he couldn't kill him. I love to sort of this, it's almost like a sarcastic take on these kind of movies. Because he turns away in real like Godfather style. You know, like, I won't watch my, my brother die. Uh, and, then he, and then he, but then he's forced to turn back around and be like, what's going on back there? <laughs> and then he watches and slowly watches them confounded as he like kicks everyone's ass and then and then leaves the yeah, room. Yeah, and then very slowly reaches for his own gun. Yeah. Uh but but yeah, you're right. In the context of this movie is building towards demonstrating the brutality of who Tom is and who he he has to remain to be or that Tom will take a new direction in his life. All of these potential threads that could have been pursued are replaced by this sort of like slapsticky gun 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 gunfight that ends pretty coldly with him killing his brother and delivering like a like a kill line more or less and then just end movie <laughs> yeah it just felt very weird because it feels like it was it's strange. just like so slapsticky compared to the rest of it that's what got me because like while watching i was like oh this is not a particularly good fight scene and it also was like really weird that while he was beating up that other guy, his brother couldn't have just shot him like four times. He, I mean, because he wouldn't have cared if he accidentally hit his own, you know, his own guy too. So it was very it weird is... that he like sort of waits until he kills the other two guys, then tries to shoot at him. It's like why would it's you wait? It's almost as if this scene was 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 coordinated by like a different fight choreographer. You know what I mean? Yeah. The other ones, the other ones felt kind of gritty and real, and this one felt, yeah, like really wacky action movement. Because there's also that. The, someone uh, uh, another guy comes running in and tom sort of like comically twists his neck oh yeah when he kills the the guy guy and just like runs out of the room it's and then he runs away oh it's it's so goofy i i I need to capture a gif and just 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 so people can see what i'm talking about because it is it's one of the dumbest looking deaths i've ever seen the guy like basically opens the door and he just grabs his head and like twists it as if like it's so easy to just snap a person's neck by just turning their head kind of strongly. And I, I, I liked some of that sequence. Like I liked the, the, the watch Cause in, in these kind of movies, you always appreciate when a hero is clever. It's why the Bourne movies did quite so well because it wasn't just that he like cartwheeled through the room with an AK, you know, it was because he would like grab the fire, 
the fire plan off the wall so he could walk around the building and know where the exits are. You know what I mean? Like people like watching a smart hero be smart and clever. So like with him, him opening the door as a dodge and then going around the corner to like lead, separate the two individuals that were remaining so he could shoot the guy as he like gets his keys out. A very smart move. Love to see it. But yeah, again, what have we learned <laughs> as he drives back to Indiana to his wife and children who have, for no discernible reason, accepted him as uh, as who he is. Well, I mean, he <laughs> is their father. So, I mean, that that part, but it's like, I don't know, that even to me, that's sort of an unsatisfying ending where he's sitting there, like, eating. And they're like, they each take turns, like, handing him food and stuff. And I was just like, oh, so everything's okay? I, I And then the movie just ends. And I was like, boy, it just feels like any chance of, like, a real deeper conversation on violence and its place is sort of just like, never mind, it's fine. You you can be violent, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like it just seemed very weird. And made worse by the sex scene before he leaves. Which I found deeply oh, upsetting the, on the ver- every level. The, the very violent scene the yes, sex scene before the, he leaves. The almost rape it becomes consensual like it's some sort of weird japanese porn it is it is like a domestic fight uh a domestic abuse, abuse scene. yes yeah not like they're arguing like yeah it's a domestic abuse scene that 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 drifts into a consensual sex scene pretty bizarre uh a double sex scene again i don't believe the comic had any so like chill uh but <laughs> but again yeah like I don't, I don't know if we spent more time with Edie trying to grapple that there's this man that she's committed her life to and is 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 intimately close to, who she finds out is actually like a dual a person living a dual life and grapples with that more. And, you know, because I feel like the intent of that scene is that she's giving in to Joey, the more violent individual, right? Uh, I, I, I assume is what they're trying to illustrate there. I just, there wasn't enough runway for that, nor is there any after. And I think that's kind of the one problem that this movie has is, is any, any chance of a theme is just dead by act three. Yeah. Yeah. It it felt like too, the thing that really got me is act three also feels like it's 16 minutes long, 17 minutes long. Right. And it doesn't feel like it's nothing. And it just wraps up the entire movie like lickety split. And then, it's just like no ramifications because like when he comes back there's not even like the ramifications of like the police being like i'm pretty sure you're a mobster because the the sheriff indicates that that he you know these are these are professional criminals who have entire operations yeah it would be like as if john Gotti showed up in like you know some small town in ohio and was like no i'm positive this guy's a guy i know you'd be like i think john Gotti probably knows who he's looking for yeah and we get to see the him be insistent enough that Edie begins to believe that it could be real and and like a little bit of the kid but not enough and so yeah i want to see like the sheriff come and like question him or something uh yeah because it leaves it open that there's that he's now tied to these crimes as more than just his self-defense there like there's no reason for them to have come to his house and and try and kill him there like there, there's there's no reason for these things to have happened um so it's strange that the movie doesn't try to resolve uh the wife 
the son interpretation of this new person uh the sheriff's curiosity with the, with the crime apparently is erased as soon as edie cries a little bit yeah yeah uh, he gives up as if like i i don't know I, I mean just the laziest police officer she's like why how could you even ask me he's like oh it must be true that it's like jesus christ bro follow through on your job <laughs> but yeah that's like the other thing i thought was weird was like everything just wraps up and that i mean that third act cannot be done quick enough and the other part about the third act is uh, include if you were including like the really, you know, questionable sex scene, it is then followed by him going into the bedroom and her walking out in a robe that's for some reason open. So there's just like a weird, like partial yeah. boob and bush shot. And I just there's thought, a, what the a, fuck was that for? There's a full frontal shot uh, in this movie, along with two sex scenes, which again... But here's this is the part that, that I found so confusing. You cannot see her naked at all in either of the sex scenes. You don't see her boobs. You don't see her ass. But all of a sudden, after he pseudo rapes her, she just just walks out taut, like naked with a robe on. I was just like, why? And the scene goes nowhere. She just walks out, and we're like, oh, we got it. She's mad. Couldn't she have had a robe? tied when that happened yeah you know that, what i mean that, that, that is i mean the i sex found that scenes... really just dis- i was like oh i don't this is really just dis- and it made me like really question the, the scene right before it then too because i'm like oh, i feel like these are like really creepy scenes the preceding sex scenes could could possibly be excused as you uh tie them to various themes uh various theme themes that are building up but there is i yeah there is no excuse for that it is the 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 definition of gratuitous to have her just be nude there yeah for no reason yeah Uh, it's really weird it's pretty bizarre i will say i did have written my notes uh early on one of the scenes i did like which was uh uh uh, tom seeing a car pull up and then verify that he's there and then drive away which leads him to to, to sprint back to his home thinking his um family's in trouble i like that like as you watch the the wife we watch ed grapple with this shotgun and figure out how to open the chamber and load it and run downstairs and then he comes barreling through without announcing himself and there's almost a, a you know an exchange of gunfire and they pan over to the kid eating cereal yeah he's just sitting there i was like oh it's that early in the morning they're still there uh that was fantastic i just I just what I, what I just wish the movie had done for no particular reason is that just as it concluded that long single shot take of their violent like stare sex is that as soon as they like are done they pan over to the same shot of the kid eating cereal looking shocked yeah I mean I just that would have been great you know just for me yeah he had just been like <laughs> I gotta get out of here I, I cannot wait to go to college yeah, I've just got to move yeah um <laughs> shit yeah that yeah that was basically like the bulk of my notes was like oh i don't like these sex scenes and then i put down one of the notes i had at the very end just said boy this movie could not wait to finish itself like i feel like the movie got yeah like an hour and 20 in it was like i don't want to keep doing this this is a lot uh, of work you know what i mean it was just like fuck it uh bang, 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 felt- everybody's dead good night guys it felt out of breath, and 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 that was the that was the the diversion from the comic that I think was one of the, the worst ones. Like obviously they didn't need to go into rehashing young Richie and young Tom, like you know, fighting mobsters or whatever. But I would have liked, uh, I would have liked uh, a little more complexity to the finale. 
And again, like bringing it back to either him finding mercy or, or, or something uh, uh, to try and drive home the themes of the movie. But uh, instead it's just, yeah, it's just an awkward, uh, awkward takedown. <laughs> Yeah. Of a very bad mob boss who I guess could be killed by just about anybody. Yeah, yeah, who really is... You actually think, how do you make it this long? Yeah, so that was sort of my disappointment at the end. Because I, I felt like, too, there should have been... Like, more... I don't know, just different things about, like, the son and his dad. And his dad's fear that his son... Like, you know, that his history of violence was going to be a hereditary trait that he his mental instability is going to care is going to pass on to his children yeah and like his fear of what that means for them um and i thought like that would have been a more interesting thing to like have them talk about like i almost feel like it would have been better had after they killed ed harris's character his son beat that kid up and then he has an argument with his son being like you can't do this and he's like why you're you know you're a killer we all know it now you know blah 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 and him try to be like, that's my point. You don't want to end up like me. You know, like I put all, I put your lives. In. You know, I mean, had there been like a dialogue where he admits like, yeah, the things I've done have now, the reason they're so bad is because I've put my children and my wife at risk. That's what I'm upset about. You know, like I realized my actions had consequences I could have never foreseen or whatever. And had a dialogue about, you know, the fallout of violence. But instead just seems like they're like well we forgive you dad here's a piece of meatloaf the wife doesn't seem to say they're divorced and the sheriff is i guess just at the diner having a cup of coffee yeah i think i think that might, that might be the i think you might have hit it there a little bit at the end which is that it is dem- is some demonstration of the consequences of violence because you know while he is justified in his defense in the diner even that act had consequences you know what i mean as yes. did all of them and there should have been more consequences with the shootout on his lawn, but the, the movie decides that that just doesn't. That happen. gets wrapped up as if like, I, I get. Like, well, the, I mean, I guess he's a white guy in a small town. Maybe it would just get wrapped up. The the county would have to send over like a couple corner? trucks yeah, to yeah, pick up yes. all these bodies and like lay but, out like corner tape. Like like they also know that and, he's like uh, the guy he killed was like a known mob boss. So like, like the, the FBI, FBI probably would have shown yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. There, there is so much that should have happened as a result of that second fight that is just erased so they can have an awkward fuck on a staircase and then have him go shoot uh, William Hurt in, in a mansion. Yeah. I feel like Act 3 is just like... But, it, but Pokes, it's all worth it for that neck break. Yeah. I do feel like if you were to take the scene where he starts fighting and William Hurt is watching and you sped it up by like a quarter maybe one and a half times and just put yakety sacks underneath of it, it would look like it had been filmed for that. Like, it would fit so perfectly because just at the end when he that door opens he just like grabs the guy's head and snaps it and runs out. I actually paused it and I was like because midway through the movie I had put it back to normal speed. Um and uh, I was watching it, and I was like, oh, I must still have it be going, like, one and a half times fast, because he just broke that guy's neck so comically quick, and I looked, and it was, no, it was at the speed they filmed. It's just, like, I don't know, it's so funny. It's as if, like, somebody opens the door, and you, like, quickly shake their hand. Like, that's how quickly he's just, yeah. like, here we are, neck break, gotta go, and just runs out. 
I had to go look it up again. It's just so confusing. Oh, it's it's hilarious. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll find a YouTube clip of it uh, and post it in the comments uh, or the description of this episode, just so you guys can check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, but the whole the whole scene is saved by William Hurt's. Just how do you fuck that up? Yeah, um, what's crazy is I mean, he is uh, he was nominated for an Academy Award for that. I think we looked up insane insane because he's, he's not in the in movie, movie for like 15 i mean less than that it, it's, it's for like like eight crazy. and a half minutes it's I'm pre- insane I check that, but yeah i'm pretty sure uh when we were we were looking it up because we were talking about we thought that it was like a critically acclaimed film yeah and it was nominated for two oscars and yeah william hurt best performance by an actor in a supporting role that is like should have been like a best performance by an actor in a cameo. Like he was in that movie for so little. Like I think he's in some of like I think uh, Stan Lee has been in some of the Marvel movies as long as him. Like it was just crazy how quick they're yeah. like let's get him out. It it would kind of be like if if Stan Lee won a, a best supporting actor for one of his cameos in a yeah. Marvel movie. Yeah, for the one where he's sitting there, at Guardians Two, where he's talking to the yeah. Watchers. So yeah definitely uh a little bit weird uh, any was there anything else in your notes no i think that covers it um uh, like the movie itself i think this episode's just gonna be a little shorter than the others <laughs> i think so i think it's gonna be a little bit shorter <laughs> uh yeah so i guess it comes to our classic ending uh would you recommend people watch history of violence it is tough because if you, if you listen to this far in the podcast, then you either have seen it and know the twist, or you haven't seen it and now know the twist, which makes the watch not as fun. Uh, but I still think it was a good movie. I, I still don't. I, I don't. I would don't think I would put it in the bad category. I, I do think it was it was uh, unfulfilled in its mm-hmm. premise, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I would put it in like sort of the half baked. Uh, like, there's something sure. there. I don't think it was executed. I mean, I also read a thing on Wikipedia that uh, Viggo Mortensen said that he thinks this is the perfect uh, film noir movie, which made me realize Viggo Mortensen doesn't know what film noir is. <laughs> like, I would this, agree. This is not even, even if I love this movie, this is not a film noir movie, other than the fact that there's crime in it, I guess. Um, Nor is it perfect. Yes, by any means. I would say if it's available on a streaming service sometime that you own a subscription to, yeah, maybe check it out. I do not think it's worth seeking out on its own and like paying money for it. I, I just don't think it's. You'd be better off spending that money on a different movie to rent. So that's my take. Um, we'll be back next week with a mini episode that could or could not be canon. So make sure you listen to that one. <laughs> um, check that out. If you have a suggestion for a movie, you can always leave it at Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, Twitter, all slash NAOS pod. Uh, if you have anything else you want to tell us like that we suck maybe keep that one to yourself but until next week next snap <laughs>